Let the dragon consume Episode 62 of The Bird Watchers. I'm your host, Ryan. In this episode, we're talking about the 2019 Overwatch World Cup Finals match for the gold medal. So, we're back. Um, News-wise, a lot of things have <laughs> happened. Uh, we had the announcement of Overwatch 2. We had, you know, hinting at a big balance patch coming to current Overwatch, which that whole dynamic is something a lot of people have been talking about. But I think like in later episodes, we'll we'll get into those things as more details come out. Um, so you can go look at the Overwatch Reddit and see what people are talking about there as far as what rumors are out there. They, they've gone kind of radio silent on that stuff. So hopefully with the preparation of this possible new balance patch, they'll talk about more Overwatch 2 stuff because it's a little confusing. Uh, but it, it's exciting, right? We, we have a new game coming with with new graphics and such. So look out for that. But today we're talking about the World Cup. It's going to be a short one. It's going to be a short episode. We're just going to talk about the gold medal match, but let's talk about what led up to it, right? So we had those stages, as I, as I explained in the previous episode, and around group stage is the one that mattered, right? You had all the eliminations up to that point. So we had group A being United States, France, South Korea, Sweden, and United Kingdom. Then group B was China. Denmark, Netherlands, Russia, and Canada. Uh, Canada didn't do so well. So I, I did my little bracket right up to up to group stage of how I expected it to go, and it kind of got busted. Um, There's a lot of upsets. There were a lot of good performances, which is from from countries that we didn't see coming. You know, like Japan was a good showing. Uh, Saudi Arabia was a good showing. There were a couple teams there that really showed out. I mean, Netherlands, I knew they were going to do well. Uh, shout out to Cass. I knew they were going to do well, uh, but I didn't think they were going to do this well um, to get into groups. And they even did well in groups. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a, lot of good, a lot of good showings there. So my bracket completely busted. That's nothing new. I was wrong. Uh, the other part was Canada's performance. So Canada went 0-4 this year, and it was a very interesting situation. Uh, there were a few, let's call them excuses or explanations, um, loose ones on what happened uh, it seemed it seemed a lot of teams went through an, an issue with the whole setup of Worlds this year and the um, support that Blizzard provided wasn't to the standard that everybody wanted. So that affected how teams played. And I can understand that. Right. That that kind of sucks uh, for teams there. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We, we did poorly, but hopefully next year is better. I hope it's better. Uh, because I don't think we'll seed this time <laughs> very well. So we have to play our way up if they decide to do it the same format. Um, let's talk about the format. I liked it. I liked it. It was fast. It was, lo- it was loose. It was kind of based on how the players explained how they were treated. I feel like that should have been better and more organized. Um, the viewing experience was kind of weird as well, where, you know, it, it's similar to the the standard Olympics where you have so many events going on at once. 
and so many things happening that they play them on different channels. It's just that the way those channels were advertised uh, weren't the best. There was the whole advertisement issue where you were having these long series of advertisements playing during matches, so people were missing out on things, uh, things along those those natures. I like how compact it was, though. Uh, it made it higher stakes. It added an endurance factor to it, which is which I liked. And I'm a big advocate of not all styles of tournaments being the same, right? I, I like the different approach. Everything doesn't have to be like the Overwatch League um, when we're outside of that. So contenders can be different some sometimes, and then worlds can be different. But I digress. So as out of the group stages, who end up making it out? So it was the top three teams, right? And then the total six teams would go into a bracket that's seated based on their performance here. So in group A, we had uh, third place being South Korea. Surprise, they actually lost two matches in the group stage. That blew everybody's mind. France got second, which was huge. And then United States got first. Uh, great showing. They, they looked very tight. And then we had Netherlands taking third, which I said was also a surprise. Denmark taking second, which was another surprise. And then China taking first in Group B. And this placed them in the brackets. So in the brackets we had uh, for the quarterfinals to start off of these playoffs, we had Denmark versus South Korea. And then France versus Netherlands. Um, for Denmark versus South Korea, the winner went on to play the United States, who ended up being South Korea, beating Denmark 3-0. And then for France versus Netherlands, we had France beating Netherlands 3-1, and then going on to play China. Then we had United States versus South Korea, a 3-1 upset, which is the second time because they beat them in groups as well. So everybody's going crazy on that, putting South Korea into the third place match for bronze and United States going on for the gold finals. And then China beating France 3-1 in similar fashion, putting France into that gold medal match or that bronze medal match. I apologize against South Korea. So third medal match or third place match was South Korea, you know, kind of rolling over France 3-0. So they did medal, but this is the first year they did not get the gold medal. And then we had United States versus China being our finals gold match, which was very entertaining. That crowd, you know, a good crowd. Usually Worlds has a good crowd. Um, They get loud. They get up there. They have a good time. There's chants going back and forth, which is always good to see. Uh, It's good old competition. But, man, (laughs) was this match exciting. Um, Who? This is a USA that I, I, I did not expect. I'll be the first to admit it. Um, the players all played out of their mind. I think one thing to note is that in this finals match, you had every player in this finals match is from the Overwatch League. That's something to note, right? So we'll just go over the two teams' rosters real quick. So once again, so for USA, you had Corey, Sinatra, KSF, Space, Super, Moth, and Rockus. And then for China, you had Jinmu, Eileen, Elsa, Gujue, Ivatol, and Kyo. Uh, so that's something to note that, you know, it, it shows, right, that a lot of these players got seen in Worlds, right? We mentioned Sinatra, we mentioned Eva Tall, we mentioned these players that got found there and then brought into the league later. So that's good to see. But we're also seeing an experience factor, right? Yeah, these teams made groups based on their previous performance, but it, it shows that when you're in the pro league, you have more experience to that kind of high level of play and this pressure cooker situation because they have the stage playoffs, right? And the stage playoffs were kind of a 
kind of like a, a pressure cooker situation where you had to play a lot of matches in a short amount of time um, up a tournament bracket. So it, that experience shows, and it's not a surprise that you end up with this outcome. And I like this series first to three wins. I like that approach as well, which, uh, you know, further news, we're get, it's been announced that we're going to get that for the Overwatch League. So not only are we having weekend games only, we're going to have um, first to three which kind of changes the dynamic. And we'll see how that plays out um, with, with coverage as well. But let's hop into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we start with Ilios, which I always think is a good start for a control map. I like Ilios a lot. We start on Lighthouse, and USA has a good start with Space shining on Sigma as he cleans up kills. Well, at first, USA does a good job of maintaining control of the point despite partially lost fights. Um, which becomes a theme throughout this, where China kind of struggles to contest points properly. Uh, China does rally back, though, during the second half of the fight, where USA begins to struggle to confirm kills. So China ends up finishing strong and win this round. So they take Lighthouse. We move into Ruins next. USA starts with Corey on Bastion and Sinatra on May and catches China off guard. USA is able to get this huge lead, but China supports Evatol and Kyo. Uh, they get a few kills to kind of important kills, uh, kill completions to keep China in it. And it leads to a second half of China rallying. Un unfortunately, this time China holds it, but puts them back. This puts them back in the round. But USA ends up winning that final fight this time to clutch this round and take us to a third one. <coughs> well is the next map, our final one or next round. And USA looks better here. Both teams start with Widow, but China uses Pharmacy while Sinatra tries to Bastion. Uh, also, Elsa's on Hog here this round, which is interesting because you don't have the double shields for the point, but you do have the pull potential into the middle uh, well. And despite China having a great start kill-wise because they're camping Corey and not letting him play Widow, USA controls the point up to 33% before it flips, which is this control problem again that China was having. And then once China flips the point, they hold it until about 80% and they continue to focus Corey on the Widow. But once Corey swaps to Hanzo, which was a great, great swap, and, you know, it's a different story when he's on Hanzo. He pops off. He's proven how dangerous he is in that character no matter who they're playing against. And China's forced to switch up their comp super late. USA hold onto this lead and they end up taking this round and the map. So USA start off the series 1-0. So we move to King's Row next, which is another great map so i like when you have these great map pools right because i i think they're there's like a 50 50 split on good versus bad to middling maps in overwatch and with the push mode that they talked about in overwatch 2 it's going to add some more variance to that pool especially as we go into the once that comes out which is supposed to be like the end of fall but like i said we'll get into those details when we get more of them uh hopefully but we start off with China on attack here on King's Row. On point one, China struggles to deal with the USA Hanzo Bastion comp again, but are able to cap after the final fight attempt. China make up for the time by cruising through point two without much, much, much trouble. And this is due to Eileen being great on Reaper. He's great on hit scan, but his Reaper has been was insane this weekend. Um, and we'll talk about a swap they made in the further map that was kind of questionable, but. China makes it to the last bend before USA kind of swaps Corey to Bastion and they put their foot down. They halt the progression of China and then they hold um, to keep them from getting point three. And then USA goes on attack 
Eileen is an absolute god here. He he rampages on Reaper with heavy support from his team, and USA just have a tough time in general. Uh, after Space is able to get a great play, uh, after a couple people die, and then he decides to move forward, confirms a kill on Sigma, and that opens up a lane for USA. USA follows up. They cap the point. And like I said, China continues to struggle with contesting points here. Uh, they just kind of back off and let them have it. And then similarly to China's attack attempt, USA flies through point two, but this time on the back of Sinatra's great doom fist play, which is nothing new. They continue this momentum. They cap, they win this map, and then they go up to one in the series, which takes us to match point. I know kind of anticlimactic but these fights like these two maps were kind of back and forth like that control map was a hell of a way to start off this match and it, it although it's 2-0 right now it's a great watch to to see these teams go back and forth and see certain players step up because they're all really good i mean china is mostly uh the chengdu hunters and that sem that that kind of i don't know so symmetry but that that coordination, that team coordination shows here, uh, and it causes a lot of problems for USA, which is primarily the shock team, um, which helps them. But So we go to Dorado. USA is on attack first, and USA start with this Bastion May. So the USA using Bastion a lot, and it's proven that you know during this world, teams that could use Bastion well in attack, which has been talked about by coaches, that it's not easy. Bastion is kind of seen as an easy character. You go into hurt form, you just spray everything. But... That's not the case. You know, the coordination you need to run it on an offensive approach rather than just bunkering down on a defense approach is completely different. Um, so USA running it successfully, successfully in these situations is very impressive. But yeah, they start off with Bastion May, which results in a fairly easy point one as Eileen tries to tempt Sombra. So this is the, the interesting pick I talk about. So Eileen's Sombra's good, and he used it throughout you know, parts of worlds to kind of throw teams off and give them a certain advantage, give them the EMP access. But it it didn't always look amazing to me for the swap, especially for how well he was doing on Reaper. Like he he was up there as far as top Reapers this weekend for this event. So yeah, they have this somber pick here. USA are halted soon after point one. They try they try to find a way to deal with Jinmu's Reaper. Um after since Eileen's on Sombra, Jinmu's on Reaper and Jinmu's Reaper is almost as good as Eileen's. Um, this forces a swap to Doom Reaper on the USA side. At this point, it becomes an absolute grind, but USA is able to make a cap eventually. Um, the following fight results in this insane defensive stand, which I would say Dorado is the map of the match for for this case alone, because it's a great fight to watch, trying to defend while USA is trying to push up. Uh, they do fall, after losing that fight, they do follow up with a full cap after the final fight um, after that. So, USA does full cap. China then goes on the tack. Um, and Jinmu starts with Genji, which is an exciting surprise, right? Because we haven't seen much Genji at all this year uh, due to the nature of the patches. But <coughs> he looks great here on, on Genji. The problem is that, you know, he does, it helps get Corey off of Widow, which I think was what they were going for. But he stays on the character a bit too long, uh, resulting in two Dragon Blades but he can't really get his blades through. Like the insane amount of healing that's available in this current meta is just too much for Genji to be viable, no matter how well you're playing him, unfortunately. So China does cap point one. Jinmu swaps the Doom Fist to give him an easier time, but the struggle just continues for them through point two. And you can tell the momentum's in USA's favor. Um, they're playing a very aggressive defense, at one point being right in front of the spawn for a bit. 
Uh, and then China just can't get any momentum going. USA hold out, and USA are your new world champions taking the gold medal. So, yeah, congrats to USA. <laughs> you guys did it. You guys went from not meddling all three years to finally getting gold, right? And then, like, knocking South Korea into third. And so, so much went on. Uh, to get them to this point that they really prove themselves. And it was a strong team, man. And, you know, like I said, that whole team played out of their mind. Did not see it coming. I'll admit that here. But it was definitely an exciting match to watch. So, yeah, USA, your gold medalist. I th- we'll never hear hear the end of it. <laughs> and I give that to them. I, I, think, I think one thing that went to their benefit this year was that they – were super quiet, right? They weren't they weren't on Twitter, you know, running their mouths about how good they were, about their scrims and all that stuff. They just kind of played their game, they kept quiet, and now they can talk all they want to, right? Because they earned it. So congrats to them. Canada, come on. <laughs> next year. Next year needs to be better. It can't be like this again. Um I think it's a case where we need to start bringing some we our talent's still young, but we still need to start looking at other talent and kind of bringing them up. And seeing what's out there, we could be leaving some stuff on the table because we've, we've had this team for a while, right? So I mean, note being the newest addition, but we've had this kind of core team. Let's try to push it next year and get get back up there. Let's, let's take the gold. I want a gold. We got closer than they like. They went from <laughs> they went from nothing to everything. I want everything. All right, that's enough. But as always, you can reach me at Gmail at the Bird Watchers Podcast at Gmail Twitter's where I'm most active, as well as Reddit. So on Twitter, it's at podcast tbw reddit it's the bird watchers podcast i'm always on the um, competitive overwatch forums yapping away and then on youtube if you want to swap from listening to the podcast or anything else and you can listen to them there if you have like premium uh the bird watchers there it's easy to find and then on facebook and instagram at the bird watchers the bird watchers podcast i'm not as active on there uh unfortunately but yeah so that's it we'll be back with episode 63 at some point so thank you and i'll catch you all in a bit bye I have destroyed more of your kind than I can count.